If you build it, they will come. That is the lie that is told to us by Hollywood, with Field of Dreams and Wayne's World promoting that all you have to do is build it and people will show up. It's just not true. If you build it, no one will come until you promote it. If you do not promote it, share it, put it out into the world, tell people why they should buy your product, listen to your podcast or read your blog, no one will actually do it. The extraordinary belongs to those that create it. Rebelling against business plans and debt, rebelling against what society expects of us to build cool businesses, make money, have fun and do good. Let's create something extraordinary together. Welcome to The Rebel Entrepreneur. So welcome back to episode four of the Rebel Entrepreneur coaching series with Kim. Welcome back to the show, Kim. Oh, thanks. It's nice to be back. (laughs) It's lovely to have you here. And uh, we've also got Patrick here, who I know has been helping you build the podcast. Welcome back, Patrick. Hello. Good to be back again. Patrick, the podcast manager, back again. And this thing of if you build it, they will come is very interesting. A lot of people believe that they just create the thing and then they wait for people to come. And you've been building the podcast. You've been creating this thing. And now it's time to talk about how do we put it out into the world? But before we get there, like what's been happening? Where are you with the podcast? What's been going on? Have you recorded any more episodes? How's it going? Yeah, we, uh, we've recorded two more episodes since we talked last, I think, because I think last time I had just done the intro, the first episode. So I've done two coaching, live coaching recordings which have been really cool. And Patrick, thankfully, has been there the whole time because he's like holding my hand as we do this. <laughs> so yeah, it's, it's it's gone well. It's nice also to have Patrick there to be like, that was good. Everything sounded normal. Because to me, it's like we're just having a normal, you know, coaching session. Yes. So I have no idea if that's interesting to other people or if it's just like horribly boring or, you know, I don't know. It's just my normal experience. So (laughs) I'll chime in now and say it's like, it's pretty powerful stuff, but it's part of the, the trick I think we're going to have moving forward is like converting uh, like a therapeutic format to a podcast. Because yes. in our in our last episode, we had a segment where uh, Kim was like, "Why don't you meditate on this idea?" And it was two and a half minutes of silence. <laughs> Is that how long it was? It didn't yeah. feel that long. <laughs> I love that. Maybe you we know. should do that in my coaching episodes as well. <laughs> Let you meditate on your business for a while and come back to me when you're ready. It felt more important that she meditate than we like have you know not have dead space, but. Also, you know, podcast format, maybe we like (laughs) cut that down to like 10 seconds. I don't know. Probably five. It's it's quite interesting. So in the speaking world, the live speaking world presenting, I have this piece that I generally repeat to people regularly about uh, like if you're delivering a presentation, if you are the speaker, your moments of impact aren't when you're speaking it's when your audience are thinking. 
And the only time they're thinking is when you're silent. So I find it really interesting and I want the dead space. And there's this whole habit in podcast world of listening to podcasts on one and a half times, two times to get through the content quicker. And I'm like, you're missing out on the juice. The juice is in the blank space, the pause, the thought, because that's when you have the ideas that relate to your business. So it'd be really interesting to consider how you can, I don't know, maybe Patrick, there's a way for that blank two and a half minutes. It doesn't have to be that long, but like Kim records a separate sentence that is okay. So the lady or the person I'm coaching is now meditating about this. What I would like you to think about is X, Y, and Z audience. And you can actually make it like this thing that is for the audience as well. I don't know. That that was my thought as you were speaking, because it's about getting people thinking. Yeah. Well, and I thought about doing that at the time, but I was like, I don't want to interrupt her. You know, obviously like the client's best interest is more important than anything else. But yeah, that's a great idea to go back and, and record that. Because when I'm in a group, like if I'm doing a group, I do say something to the group often, like, you know, here's what this person is doing. So let's all send her love or whatever prompt works in that moment to engage the group. I love that. Um, yeah. So I think that would be a really good thing. And like, I focus on this podcast regularly of like, okay, here's the things I want you to take away. Here's the things I want you to do audience. And I think it actually makes it very valuable to the audience. Um, so overall, you've got three episodes now, which is fantastic. Patrick's editing them. You're putting them all together. Uh, what's the plan next? Do you have a plan? Do you have where you're going next? <laughs> yeah, so I think I'm going to um, invite an expert in um, to chat with for the next one. And then we'll go back to more coaching and kind of keep that format, like two coaching sessions and then an expert, two coaching sessions and expert until we hit like i think we we're thinking like 12 12 12 was the last number yeah we agreed okay. on and then from there we're going to uh consider the publishing uh i believe we're in a state of get as much content as we can prepared and then we can fully capitalize on the release so we're going to record 12 episodes and then that sort of will then be okay let's publish them and we're going to do sort of publish two or three on day one with a big promotion and then let them come out weekly afterwards. I don't know. I, I think, I think weekly is the best course of action. Yeah. I, I mean, uh, I, I trust Patrick's <laughs> judgment. <laughs> well, you don't want to like uh, my thought process behind that is like, we have it. We don't, we can always start prepping to do a season two. We'll have season one, season two. And if we catch fire, we don't want to lose that momentum. Ooh, if that makes a, sense. That's yeah. a, that, was a, that was a phrase, catch fire. Catch that feels fire. exciting and also very scary at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's interesting. So uh, I might add in on this with my experience of, I did season one of this podcast as a test and I didn't really know, like, I've never done a podcast before season one. I was like, am I going to like it? Are the audience going to like it? What's going to happen? How's it going to go? So I did season one and released it. And then I didn't have season two done. 
Like I didn't have anything in there and I just released it. And actually it was after season one had finished and I'd got all the feedback that I decided to do season two. So I had a three, four, five month gap between season one and season two. And my audience figures when I came back had about halved Mm. because people had got out of the subscription habit subscription. They mm -hmm. got out of the habit of listening so the numbers went down dramatically and then throughout season two, it built back up again. But I lost that momentum. And I think if I'd have just kept going, I would have kept that audience and I would have like, it would have had a bigger reach and kept going from there. So I think there is, there is something to be said about losing that momentum and then having to re kick start it again with season two. And I'm sure people have experienced this, like you do a bunch of business stuff you take a break, you come back and you're like, where are we? What are we doing? Does anyone remember me? Uh, and you have to re kickstart it. I did that when I took a six month mini retirement and then I get back and I'm like, Oh God, I've got to get everything going again. I've got to get it all started. <laughs> That's um, good to know. Cause we're, we were, we were doing our first month long um, trip away. And I was curious about how like a longer trip away would affect business so that's nice to hear that feels like a lot to kind of like start back up again like that it does feel like a lot I'd say there's two sides to it so there is an opportunity cost of doing it and there is the opportunity of doing it and I remember on my six month mini retirement I went away and I was trying desperately not to check emails not to do this not to do that because I wanted to be present with Katie experiencing what we were experiencing And we got back and there was an email from British Airways asking me to run training courses from them. That is, that is a huge client. That is a huge opportunity. And that is three months after the email and I'm ringing the lady and emailing going, ah, am I too late? Uh, And it was not ideal and I missed out. But actually, what did I get from missing out? I I had an incredible experience and an incredible time out there, spending time with Katie, meeting people, living life. It was just phenomenal. I wouldn't swap it for anything. But there is always that cost of doing those things, and it's being comfortable with that cost or finding a way not to have that cost. So you have someone checking your emails for you or you have someone looking for the opportunities or you in podcast world, you batch up the episodes before you leave. Um, and that's definitely something I'm trying to do is get ahead with Patrick so that I can have a couple of months to go off and do other things. Um, I've not managed to figure that out. I seem to end up recording episodes every week anyway. Um, <laughs> well, to be fair, we are very ahead in a lot of different aspects. It's just sometimes like intermittent content is sporadic if that makes sense no tell me what you mean like we have a good bundle of season three ready to go it's just we have episodes that are going in between those episodes that are done yes and we need yeah. to pull it all together which is our mission anyway this is not about my podcast <laughs> <Yeah>. my <laughs> uh... <laughs> but I, I i do want to chime in and say that having those 12 episodes recorded and done uh even if we started publishing them right as you took your month mini retirement, that still leaves us with eight weeks to get more going if we're noticing an initial success with those first four episodes. So that's the advantageous side of where we're coming from. 
Yeah, and I love that. So from what you've heard, Kim, what are you thinking about the release of season one and the plan? I think that sometime in maybe early spring would make sense to start putting it out there. I don't think we have enough right now to for me to feel comfortable doing it like early to year, but um, maybe early spring or late spring, perhaps. Okay, cool. I love that. Early spring sounds great. So if you're listening to this and you can hear the truck that has been reversing past my house for 12 minutes, <laughs> my house is not that big. I'm in Toronto hanging out and I don't know why it's still reversing, but I apologize. Uh, one of the pains of recording a podcast on the road and not in a studio is you occasionally get noises out in the world. Um, so we're thinking early release in spring. My thought, Kim, is I don't know if you've seen this, but shows like you know I'm a big Marvel fan. I love Marvel shows. And the latest Marvel series is about to come out on Disney Plus this Wednesday. It's called Hawkeye. And what they do is they release two episodes on the first day. And then they make you wait a week for the f- second one. And the reason they do that is one episode is not quite enough to get you hooked and addicted. Like, you'll watch one episode that night, maybe one the next, and then you're like, I cannot wait for the next one. So to give the people that listen to the first one and go, this is great, I want to listen to the second one straight away, it's worth having two, maybe even three up immediately and then releasing them weekly afterwards. Maybe it's two. But that, you've then got two episodes to promote and the people who really get into the first episode can then listen to the first coaching episode, which is the real meat of what you're doing. So I think like, if I were you, I'd have two up straight away and then release weekly afterwards. Uh, and then we kind of need to think about the promotion and the plan and how do we do that. Um, and I asked you three questions last time. Uh, I don't know if you remember the questions. Yeah, Pat- Patrick and I w- Patrick and I went over them the other day. So oh, I love that. That's awesome. That just makes my heart sing. Um, quite often, I say to people, "Here's the three questions you have to think about," and they don't write them down. They don't even do anything, and like you know, nothing's going to happen. So this just <laughs> makes my heart sing. Um, well, what was- resources do you have? Was question one. Yes. So uh, do you? I can I can share what I remember. The, okay, I have I have them listed. Have list. Do you want me to read them off no, and go, you can elaborate on them? Go for it. So we have Kim's Instagram for her business. Uh, what's the follower count on that, Kim? It's like three thousand something. Okay, mm-hmm. so some solid reach there. We have her mailing list as well. How many do you have subscribed to that? More like well, I have two. So I have like maybe. 600 people total 600 total okay That's also awesome. great and then we have former and current clients there's a there's a lot of those they're all they're all on the email list to be fair though so it's kind of the same thing okay. we have it's cool we have your facebook account as well as facebook groups you're a part of yeah, there's 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 a lot of people. So I'm part of a few um, female entrepreneur groups in the area that are super active. And then that's it for the that's what we came up with as our top resources. And also uh, Mr. Donegan himself. I'm a resource. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, I'm actually writing myself on this list, Mr. Donegan. I don't get called that often. It's like, who is Mr. Donegan? I don't like that. Uh, okay. That's the first time I've ever called you that. It's it's very, it feels very, very formal. <laughs> Never call me that again. Uh, which then we've actually got, which actually brings us on to what resources do you have access to through other people, which I'm probably more on this second list. Um, yeah. yeah, so what resources do you have access to through other people, Kim? Yeah, I have tons of colleagues that have um, similar clientele and lots of other clientele that could for sure support me. Uh, yeah, I mean, those are like, I think that's the a, would be a pretty big network. Yeah. And then also I have written down, uh, you're a part of a mastermind as well. He, yes. Yeah. Secret mastermind. The secret mastermind and the other members of the secret mastermind have quite big audiences. They do. And they're in non-competing spaces, uh, which is very useful because um, people who are in non-competing spaces are more likely to be able to share you happily. Whereas if they're competing for the same cu customers, sometimes it gets a little bit, uh, I don't really feel comfortable with that. I'm driving all my customers to you. Uh, so it depends who it is. Um, cool. And then we've got the mastermind. Um, at some stage near at a time, with this particular list, it's worth putting actual names of people down. So what I would be doing when we come closer to the time is listing, okay, there's Alan with the Rebel Entrepreneur podcast and the audience there there is uh x with x audience and there is y with y audience because that list of names and details then like a month out from launch we want to try and like leave them a voicemail send them a message have a quick call with them find out what's going on with them talk to them and then ask them when this launches is there a way you can like tie up to share it with your audience at the same time please um, and if we've got a good enough connection, like the reach of those people around you will be 10 times the reach of your own audience. Yeah. True story. It True feels story. Like, <laughs> feels like... <laughs> True. True story. Well, okay. But like, how do you feel about, because to me, it feels like a big ask to ask people to support you in promoting. It's a big ask to ask people to support you. Yeah, like I feel like I'm, um, I don't know. I don't know whose boundaries I'm crossing when I'm asking for that type of support. Aha, uh -huh. interesting. So what's the only way to know what their boundaries are? <laughs> to ask politely. And so we just ask them and go, like, I don't know if this is crossing a boundary, but I just want to ask and feel free to say no. It's perfectly fine with me. Uh, is this possible? And they will tell you. Um, and if they like you, what do they want to do? Well, I would hope help me, but I, I have no idea if I'm, you know, burdening. This is something I've never done before. I've always marketed for myself, so that would be a new tactic or a new behavior for me it's a new experience yes um, that's the word <laughs> uh, but I think there's this thing of so when people are making requests of someone 
what they do is they do exactly what you've done, Kim, which is come up with a list of considerations. So they come up with this list of, uh, like, I'm worried that I'm crossing a boundary. I'm worried that they won't want to do it. I'm worried that this, and they have a whole list of considerations. At that point, whose considerations are those? Uh, mine. Yes. Are they theirs? Don't know yet. We don't know yet. Um, might they be theirs? Potentially. It's possible. It's possible. Like, you don't know. What's the only way to know what their real considerations are? For sure to ask. And if they tell you, like, this is my consideration, this is my challenge, this is my whatever, and, like, is that okay for them to, like, say that stuff? Absolutely, yeah. I just don't, yeah, I don't want to affect the relationship, so I think I'd have to word it in a way that felt comfortable for me, for sure. Definitely. So uh, let's practice now, seeing as we're here. I have an audience. Potentially, I could help get your podcast out there. Uh, if you were ringing me a month before the launch, what would you say? Uh, I'd be like, hey, Alan, I have a podcast coming out. I was curious if you ever support people in launching their podcasts or if that's something you'd feel comfortable sharing with your audience. Oh, I generally don't like helping anyone I like. <laughs> I can tell. And <laughs> <laughs> um, I go, yeah, what did you have in mind? Um, oh, gosh. Well, I have a podcast coming out. So if there is some way you could potentially share that with your audience, I don't know, on your podcast or like your email list or whatever you would feel comfortable with. Here's my audience. They're women. Empowered. Yeah. So then I'd start to say, well, I do have a podcast. I have an email list on my blog. Um, yeah. Like some of the best ways to be able to do it is to share some kind of content. Like, what do you think would be valuable to my audience? And then I've got an angle to write to my audience or talk to my audience about. Uh, and I'm sure like, I can come up with 10, but the people you're speaking to might not. You might have to help them see okay. the connection or the angle. Okay. Does that make so any to, sense? Uh, yeah, to offer some sort of, um, some sort of content that is uh, valuable to their audience. Yeah, some sort of okay. like, we could help you do this, I could <clears throat> help you do that. Um, like one of the best ones for a podcast is you going on their podcast, which I know we're actually doing right now. <laughs> right. <laughs> Forgetting what's happening was right not now. The, that wasn't the intention at all, <laughs> but here we are. So. But here we are. Um, but like for my particular podcast, I'd be saying to you, well, okay, like how, how did, cause I know you help women to be more empowered, more confident to get out into the world, to remove some of the barriers. Like, does that tie into entrepreneurship? Yeah, I think I would maybe say, like, I would love to offer your audience a little snippet of, like, how to break through blocks when they're struggling to launch a business from the psychological side. Ooh, I love that. And then my mind is going, well, okay, how about we find a listener that needs help with that and we'll do an episode together that will come out when you launch your podcast. 
Um, and then you get to show off your skills and we get to promote the podcast at the end. Cool. That and then suddenly great. I've got content for my audience that is valuable, that helps them. You've got a whole new audience that you never would have had access to that will find out. And if they like your episode on here, they will Google you, search for your podcast and will push them in the, not push, will, uh, what's the word <laughs> I'm looking nudge. for? Gently nudge. Gently yeah. nudge, direct. Um, be careful, Alan. Uh, <laughs> but could you see how you could do that with each of the content creators you know? Yeah, yeah, I definitely would have to sit down and like think about it, but because it's a new way of thinking about it, but for sure, I could definitely do that. Because that, like some of the people you know have audiences of 100,000 a week, like they have unbelievable audiences, that your podcast would reach so many people in that first week if you could line it up and just take time doing it. It sounds like a really great plan. <laughs> also, <laughs> also, you know, um, I think that's the that would be the the bigger obstacle for me is just like getting out of my own way to um, to do that. You know, to like ask for support to put myself out there like that. That feels way harder than just being like, okay, email list. I have. I have a podcast coming out. Interesting. So what do you risk if you take this strategy on? Like what's the what's the risk? What's the downside? What might happen? Yeah. Well, I'm like facing this in in all realms of my business. I've always been very like insular in my work and people have never had to like I've never had to be seen. So like you know, except for for my clients. Obviously my clients, you know, they know me, they're very clear on who I am, but being seen in a more public way is very new for me. So yeah. And not that I'm, you know, I'm hiding anything or there's like anything terribly (laughs) wrong with me, but you know, just generally allowing myself to be vulnerable to the public is like, that's a, it's a big change. So what's the risk? What, what, Um, what's the, what could go wrong? What, what, what's the fear? judgment, um, misconceptions about who I am, um, being wrong, I think is like a really scary one that, um, I say something that people decide is not correct and I get slammed for it in some way, or my business is impacted negatively. Yeah, I guess there's a whole bunch of risks there. Um, do you think I've ever said something wrong? Um, I, I don't know, Alan, I haven't been looking out for the things that are wrong with what you're saying. That's why I love you as an audience member. (laughs) Um, like I say wrong stuff and I say to every coaching person, like, I don't know if I'm right. Shall we try it? And let's have an experiment and let's put it out there and see what happens. And there is like a risk and people will be mean. Mm-hmm. And I've experienced that already. You yeah. have? What happened? Yeah, just with Instagram, with people sharing, you know, like trolling and being like, mm-hmm. what does healthy anger mean? Like, things like that. So they, 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 like, find the things that they can um, make right. wrong about what I'm sharing. 
yeah, people want to have something to argue about. And like recently, my wife Katie was in the the Sun newspaper in the UK. Uh, it's the biggest newspaper in the UK, and there was an article about reaching financial independence. And uh, like we had to not read the reviews. Like they're just people are mean online uh, because they can be. They're internet brave. And they're always going to be that way. They're never brave in real life. If they saw you face to face, they would never say the shit they say online. Um, But people do that. And I don't know. I have mixed opinions about this because like, you do need to prepare for this because it's coming. Nothing you can do about that will stop people being mean online and they're going to be mean and we have to deal with it and find a way to deal with it it's part of life and your fear is real and it will happen and we just need to find a way to help you get past it because you will help more people through your work by putting it out there than keeping it all to yourself and avoiding someone saying something mean on the playground um, <laughs> yes <laughs> can i chime in with a little bit of advice on this no. uh, okay <laughs> um, I think it's best if kind of like, um, I love that he just keeps going anyway you just give Patrick some abuse I can't tell if you're kidding or not. your face got frozen on the video too so it really looked like you were just very stern for a long time sorry Patrick he's just like Alan's like yeah that's, we're just gonna have to deal with people being mean also shut up <laughs> <laughs> just training just training uh, yeah i would just say i think alan also has a very good like mitigating approach with this where you don't really necessarily read the reviews you read the feedback you ask for feedback and people give you honest feedback if they're going to go to your website and type in a message usually it's not going to be super mean-spirited whereas like the comment section might be just someone writing one sentence just because they think they're being funny when really they're just being hurtful yeah, I've never had a mean comment through the website. Through the website and the emails I get, they're always like amazing. Like you helped me build a business or you did this or you've changed my view of this, which is incredible. The comments on the newspapers are vicious. Mm. Man. Like the article that came out about me was like, you're a parasite on society. You're sucking the lifeblood Whoa. out of us. And <laughs> like the sh- stuff they said about me was vicious but like then you look at it and you go actually it's jealousy it's this it's that it's all motivated by they're in a bad place and actually it's very little about me and my favorite tactic for that I don't know if you've ever done this have you ever read it read the bad comments in a silly voice (laughs) (laughs) very hard to take it seriously (laughs) so that particular newspaper article, we had a bunch of friends around who were American and I just read them out in the most overly posh British accent. So I was like, oh yes, Alan, you're a parasite on society. <laughs> you're sucking the lifeblood out of the place. And everyone's laughing and it took all the venom out of that comment. Um, That's amazing. <laughs> you learn these tricks and tips to deal with this stuff. Um, what I would say is like your fear is real. We just need to find a way to get past it because it'll stop you living your life and actually helping people. 
Totally. And I get that. I think the bigger fear is that somehow it will impact my business. Like ultimately I don't, you know, I get, I, I, I work with people all day that like lash out for various reasons at me, even in session sometimes, you know, so it's not that it's the, the fear of it somehow getting back to my business, which, and I'm the one that makes money in the family at the moment. So it's, it's that, you know, and also the threat towards, having the freedom that we want in our future. Like uh, we've worked so hard in my family to get to a place where we're being closer to having financial freedom and we're like, we're so close and I, I don't (laughs) want that to get broken, you know? So it's, I know these are all totally irrational fears and unlikely. And also I just, I think I just have to like say them out loud and be able to move past them so that I can, do big things like ask people for support and go on, you know, podcasts with big audience and be okay with that. So well, you've had a good start so far. You're doing very well on this one. Well, thanks. <laughs> I appreciate that. <laughs> and also like I have very little fear, Like you are the loveliest, nicest person. Like Thank every you. time we've chatted, you're lovely I have very little fear that you're going to like cause a riot. <laughs> I hope not. I just haven't yet. <laughs> it's not like when you talk about things I'm afraid of, like some of the other entrepreneurs I've coached with, I'm worried things will go wrong. I'm worried they're going to do this. I'm going to worry they're going to do that. Like you saying something bigoted on a radio station or something is not a fear that I currently possess. That's fair. Uh, I was kind of baffled that that was a, like a concern of yours after I'm, listening to three episodes. No, like, I know it's completely irrational, but you know, this just stepping into like yeah. being visible is pretty wild. It's not something I never imagined yeah. for myself, you know. Also, don't forget, I'm here. So Thanks, you do Patrick. say something. <laughs> You're the best. You can just erase it. That's yeah. true. <laughs> yeah, that is the beauty of it. And uh, I did have one episode where. Um, like I said something I wasn't happy with and you know you get that feeling after immediately after you've said it and I said it with the best intentions at heart but it came across in a way that I was like this does not sound like this could be misconstrued Uh, and I asked Patrick to cut it out so the magic of editing no one will ever know the bad stuff I said (laughs) Uh, so cool and then I think it's just like it's asking these people for that support, co-creating some content that will come out in the same week. And all of a sudden you're being found by thousands of people. And my version of this when I launched the podcast was um, there's a very big podcast in the financial independence space called Choose FI. Uh, and Brad and Jonathan actually helped me they are the reason I have a podcast. They helped me launch it. And we did an episode the week my podcast came out and they have a, I think it's 70, 80, 90,000 a week listenership for one episode. Uh, and that kickstarted my podcast in one go. They were incredible. So if we can find a couple of podcasts, a couple of people with blogs that would write an article about you, like that's all you need. And actually that one strategy could be enough to kick you past kick kickstart your podcast and i think when people are thinking about promotion and launch they make it so complex in their head that they have to do all of these things i'm a big fan of simplicity uh 
like what are the three things we are going to do when we launch i'm going to do this i'm going to do this and i'm going to do this and if we can get to that list of three you might actually follow through and do it because i think like a a basic simple promotion strategy well followed will trounce a really complex promotion strategy that bits get missed off it doesn't get done properly like yeah yeah it's easier to follow sense. something simple i could see myself doing that if it was like 3 3 maybe challenging but helpful <laughs> actions <laughs> <laughs> i feel like uh, i could do that I love that. So I've got some random ideas for you, which I'm just going to hit you with a few ideas and then let you think which ones sound good. So at the moment, we've got your assets. We've got other people's assets. So you've got friends with podcast blogs, different creators you can reach out to. Then some ideas for you. Number one, asking people to subscribe to the podcast. Uh, Maybe you can record a small piece and then get Patrick to put it in. Something that says something along the lines of um, absolutely no pressure at all, but it would mean a huge amount to me if you would hit the subscribe button to the podcast. Thank you for listening. Something like that. Just You have to ask for what you want, which I am historically very bad about on this podcast. Don't get me wrong. Um, <laughs> second idea is like, sharing people who write nice comments about you. So you've got testimonials from the people you've helped, from the clients you've done. They've said you can share it publicly. That is a great way of like, this person said this, listen to the podcast. Uh, so that will give you some great content for social media channels, for sharing with different people. So that's number two. Number three, which I don't know if this works for your podcast, but I'm going to say it anyway. It's the community element, which if you're recording them all up front is probably harder, but there might be a way to have a tiny little bit at the end of the podcast. Like the first two episodes, you say, if you've listened to this, send me a message. Uh, and then you can just share those messages. Patrick can tack it onto the end of the ones you had. But people love hearing their names, hearing that they're mentioned, the community element. Um, number three is the engaging with fellow creators, which we've spoken a lot about. And I just want you to think of two different angles. One is being a guest on their shows, their podcasts, their YouTube channels. And two is having those people on your show. And one of the ways for you to choose guests that will help you is choose guests that A, have valuable content and B, have a huge audience. If they have a huge audience and they come on your show, what are they going to say they're doing? Oh, I was on Kim's podcast talking about this subject and they will share your stuff. And that can get a long, long way. Um, and then the final one is a sort of contest giveaway. And maybe it actually is like one coaching session with you or it's like it's a live coaching session on the podcast and they become part of it. And you can do a contest like subscribe to the channel, do this, and then you're entered into this. And that might actually create content for season two as well. Um, so there's a bunch of promotional ideas. But the key is like what's the simple 
three things we're going to do. And any marketing plan should be like, here's the people I want to reach. Here's the things I'm going to do to reach them. And it's nice and simple step by step. And I know I've just hit you with a load of stuff. So I'm going to shut up now. What do you think, Kim? (laughs) I mean, all of those sound pretty doable. I think um, I'm using Instagram a lot. So having um, posts on there that are, you know, testimonials and, hey, like, subscribe, that feels easy. Just, like, change the call of action. There's always a call of action of some sort on all of those posts. So that feels easy. Um, yeah. And the giveaway, like I've done that before for testimonials. So I feel like I could do that as well. Yeah. It just seems like stuff that generally I do just don't think of it like actively as promoting, (laughs) I guess. (laughs) So what's the thing that puts you most outside of your comfort zone, but will probably have the biggest impact? Oh, for sure. Um, Talking on other people's podcasts or having them talk on mine. Cool. So please may I set you a piece of homework? Sure. (laughs) I love the nervousness there. Uh, I'm not sure that was a yes. That was more like... It was a a yes for sure. I was like... I felt like I heard you're you're already feeling bad for for like setting the homework too at the same time. <laughs> it was mutual. <laughs> we know this is challenging. Uh, yeah, for sure. I will absolutely do some homework. Cool. So the the piece of homework that I would love to set you is to find two people you can go on their platform and two people you can have on your platform. Uh, that's the piece of homework. I'd like you to have a rough idea of the size of their audience and reach as part of this, because it's an interesting angle to this, but that's the, that's the homework is to start thinking about that. And then we can start setting up ready for the launch of your podcast. Okay. And the idea would be around the same time that it's launching. So we wouldn't be set. We'd be setting up this, these recordings to be launched at the same time ish. I think that's probably a good idea because if we do it too early, you get a bunch of people excited <laughs> and then they're like, where do I go for the podcast? doesn't exist yet. It's not out for three months. Um, and then they've forgotten about it by the time it actually comes around. So I, I personally believe it would be better if it came out the week in advance or on the day or a week after. And is that something I would... I guess I would explicitly want to say to whomever I was talking to about like the timing, if I was on their podcast, the timing of when. I think possibly. Yeah. And some people won't be planning that far in advance and they'll say to you, come back to me in three months. Some people like me are really geeky about this stuff and have a spreadsheet (laughs) and content planned for months. (laughs) If you say, can we squeeze it in, in the next three months? I'm like, not really come back to like, we can plan it for six months. So I think it just depends on the person and their production schedule and their how they do it. Um, but if you don't start, like, we're, what, three months, four months out, like, it feels like a nice amount of time to be able to do it because you'll have a couple of conversations and then it might be two weeks before you record and then that might be a month before you launch. Um, yeah, so it feels like a reasonable amount of time out to do it. 
equally sometimes people say uh can you come on next week <laughs> it'll be released <laughs> on monday it just depends who it is and what they're doing and you'll never know unless we ask okay God. that's also one of those things you can ask for my help on uh, that's true figuring out the timing on that okay how does that sound no that sounds good Perfect. Okay. So time has absolutely flown as always on this episode. So the homework for Kim is going to be in two pieces. The first we know about, which is the contact, two people to go on their show, platform, blog, whatever it is, and two people to have on yours. Uh, And then the second piece of homework is for everyone listening. If you're looking to promote your business, to get more customers, to get it out there, the best thing you can do is generate 10 or 15 ideas and then choose three that you can follow through on immediately. That you think these are the three that will stretch me slightly, help me reach a bigger audience, find people and get my message out there. And promotion should be simple and easy. But it gets so complex sometimes when people are talking about marketing strategies. I'm always a big fan of the simplest, easiest version that you actually follow through with will always trounce the complex plan that you struggle to complete. So for Kim and for everyone listening, what are the three things that you can do to promote your business, your service, your podcast or your blog? And for everyone else listening, do them now, do them this week, come up with the list. For Kim, uh, come up with the list and then we'll talk about them on the next episode, ready for your launch and the promotion of what you're doing. So for everyone listening, come up with 10, 15 ideas of how to promote your business. Choose the top three that you think will have the biggest impact and start now. Thank you for listening to The Rebel Entrepreneur. You can have any life you want to. Choose to build something cool. Choose to take action. Choose to work to make your dreams become reality. Stand out. Be different. Be yourself. Be a rebel entrepreneur.